Hey, auditors, not much of a pre-show today because we were having all kinds of technology problems. Glenn did nothing but complain about Ugh. how awful his new I'm ready to is. quit podcasting, to be honest, uh, after all of this. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that in the post-show. <laughs> I'm not done whining yet. All right, so let's get a show started. You ready? Ready. This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 19th, episode 2374, brought to you by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. <laughs> Here. I don't know Here. if they're lucky or not, actually, this morning. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Glenn's in a mood today. He's having some technology. And uh, apparently my dogs are just going to bark like crazy. Hey, <laughs> hey, come here. What a way to start the show this morning. Baby, um, I just have so many people coming in and out, and uh, I am so so tired of this house build, but also the amount of mansplaining that is happening to me repeatedly, like on a daily basis. So, I've got an example of one from yesterday that I'm going to share in the post show. Good times, good times. <laughs> Speaking of the post show, that is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about mansplaining. Uh, and uh, I don't do I do that a lot? Are we going to find out in the post show? You actually this morning and Jennifer probably is recording it and you can come back uh, at with the yes, um, you I said, this is so much prep work. Oh, you don't even understand. I had to get up for I see so you actually you actually just one up. That's I did. Yeah, so that's I good. have to do this. Sometimes no Jamie has to be put in her place. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> on Hit'em today, in the health segment, we have Ooh. Dr. Siemens discussing the five most common emergencies. We have a crappy list Wednesday and a study show. Plus, uh, we have an auditor highlight with Maggie's going to be on for an auditor highlight today We're as in well. in my place. Thank Did you, you notice I'll how just I just went on? Be quiet. So my daily Winnie today. Your wife is a saint. I don't know <laughs> how she is. Is one of these. See, I'm not feeling too bad because you complain about your husband as much as me, so we're in even ground. <laughs> Happy birthday to Jana Brown Volum and Samantha Reeves. Happy birthday to both of you, and welcome to new auditors, Vicky Rucker. Pernilla Ripka, Elizabeth Wade, and to those that upped their pledges, Carol Carter, Marielle Jenkwin, Vengeance, and Sarah Winfrey. So uh, thank you all for what you've done to help support the Horse Radio Network. We're going to talk about that a little bit in a minute, too. (laughs) 
just so you know, husband, if you're listening right now, I don't complain about you. Ever. Not at and all. What you're no. doing right now is the greatest thing ever. He's going to get me hay. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to leave on a trip and he's like, what can I do for you? I'm like, go get some hay. <laughs> so he's going to get hay. So my daily Winnie. Um, it's a task I'm not allowed to do because I get the wrong hay. So I uh, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've already. This is a an approved facility. Okay. Um, <laughs> my daily when he, uh, gosh, you know, speaking of the husband, he's having a really, really hard time with an event that happened at our farm yesterday, and I just think he's not understanding the future, and that every male horse has had it done, pretty much, and that is castration. Uh, somebody got snipped. Stanley had brain surgery yesterday. Bless his heart. And but Chad's like he didn't do anything wrong. He's perfect. <laughs> it's not like he's a jerk and he needed it. Like he's really sweet and perfect now. And I'm like, yeah. And come spring, he's gonna be trying to breed his sister. <laughs> like perspective. Um. Yeah. So Stanley Poor got Chad's his brain surgery. Feeling his manhood. Here. Yes. yes, he was. <laughs> and then last night we're sitting eating dinner and he's like, how does it happen? I was like, oh, he didn't. What watch? do you mean? No, <laughs> no, he walked. He walked out of the like through the barn, saw us all in the field. It was daily laying down. He was like, OK, he saw the horse upside down and went, oh, no, get yeah, turned around and walked up. So he's like, how does how does it happen? And I'm like, we're eating dinner. I was like, you really, really don't want me to explain it. I'm kind of curious. Like, how does that happen? I was like, really? I don't think you want. He's like, okay, never mind. Don't tell me. <laughs> like, I know you. Like, let me do you a favor and not explain how I this works. Half watched it once. I got about halfway into that process and I was out. That was it for me. <laughs> <laughs> like... So, my vet, uh, her name is Dr. White. She's the woman dr white and then dr white is also her husband and he does a, like a lot of repro stuff and and cattle stuff and 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 so but, but lucas is on their kids baseball team their lucas and their child is the same age so we went to baseball last night and chad walks up to the male dr white says your wife came out and you know took the manhood away from our baby horse and i'm so and dr dr white the man goes yeah I did seven today. Oh, Chad's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, you will get no, like, no love for this. It's happened. It's over. And then the whole discussion. I don't know if you know, you've talked about this, Glenn. Uh, what to do with the removed testicles is apparently a thing with different um different sports like different what? Uh, disciplines uh, so so i posted a picture and somebody said throw no, this is not on, something i've ever thought of throw them on the roof and so uh, what? and i was like what throw them on the roof i don't know what that means and then she says okay my dr white's got them in her hand you know she's like what do you what do you want me to do with them and i was like i don't well i don't know dispose of them and she's like no 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 in uh I think it was in in reining horses. You throw them off to the side, so they they spin around better. And mm -hmm. she's like, and in race horses, you throw them out to the front, or there's some sort of Western sport. You throw them out in front of it, so they chase it. And what? she was like, "What do eventers do?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know. None of this. None of that sounds normal." She's like, "Okay, so eventers are normal. Good to know." Um, <laughs> she's like, "How about?" 
She said, where do you want me to throw him? I said, I don't throw him up front. So he chases him. Threw <laughs> <laughs> the testicles <laughs> over his butt in the front of him. And then I read the thing about the roof. And I thought, I thought initially it said you have to throw them off of your roof. Oh, you have to climb up roof. on the roof. To- <laughs> and she's like, I am not climbing on your barn roof to throw these things off. And then once I read you throw them on the barn roof, I'm like, I'm not going to have these things stuck in my gutter. Like, whole or uh. <laughs> the slope of the roof would just suck them right down in the gutter. Gross. Like, this is all horrible. So um, we threw them out to the front, picked them up, and disposed of them. So that's what happened. This is probably TMI. <laughs> I went on too long, didn't I? Sorry. <laughs> No, I didn't know this was a I discussion. didn't know it was a thing either. I think that I don't remember what we did with them, to be honest. I said all the time. Through heap, I think. You know? Yeah, I've been at. Uh, no, because I don't want the dogs to get them. Oh. Gross. <laughs> I, I was like, all the, de- the castrations I've been associated with, it's I've like never had sushi. anybody tell me. Oh. <laughs> Poor Stanley. I feel so bad for him. And he was in so much pain last night. And I was like, Chad, he pawed all. He had to stay in last night and he pawed all. His oh, Chad doesn't want to like, hear yeah, that. He's like, he's missing his nuts. (laughs) Like every horse goes through it. Every horse. Now I have another fairly large. I'm going to drop some news on you. I'm sure you didn't listen to Monday's show, Glenn. I did not. No, I was in, I was sitting in a jury room for 12 hours. Do you, do you want me to drop some big news on you? Okay, big news. Because it was it was news that last. It, it's going to like throw off like your whole schedule today. But um, okay, it's not my fault. I'm going to continue to sell out my husband and my child. <laughs> but I had those two mares that I had for training yeah. from Horse and Hound, and I took them back. Um, I finished with one. One is uh, unable to complete its training physically. Uh, so I took them both back and she's like, gives me this horse. She's like, okay, I've got one. It came off the track two weeks ago, but it's really good. She's like, all I need you to do is take it home and get some riding videos. It'll be fine. It's a really nice horse. So she brings out this horse and this horse is built like Seattle slew, like huge, giant shoulders and, and muscles and it's, it's dark bay with a really crazy looking crooked blaze and it's a mare six-year-old mare named little bit oaky little bit oaky <laughs> and, and for course, those around the world explain what that kind of means to you well that's what they call people in oklahoma yep. oaky yep and I mean, to be completely fair, I'm not a little bit okay. No, you're <laughs> not a little yet. bit uh, bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I am, but it's not a little bit okay. But this horse is named Little Bit Okie. And so Chad immediately is like, oh my God, she's amazing. Like, okay. I, I never take Chad with me. Last time we went, we got the dog. You know, I, he, and, and Chad is the one who picks the horses. Like, he will see a horse and he will become in love. Like, he'll be in love with it. And be, as the trainer, and the person who does all the work, you realize that when you get a new horse, it's you. Like, I have to ride it. I have to work it. I have to do all the stuff. So um, we get a little bit oaky in the trailer. And he's just like, wow, she's really awesome. Like, oh, yeah, okay. We need a six-year-old mare that came off the track two weeks ago. Glenn, I swear to God, the guy has the most innate sense of horse flesh for somebody who doesn't this is the dang coolest mare i have ever been around she 
D- ride number one. I take her. Usually, I put him in the round pin, and I do the join up and the long lining Wait a and, and red ride. Hat, of- by the way, dark bay. Okay, dark bay, and uh, take her in the round pin, and within like five minutes, uh, I'm like, okay, open the round pin. I take her out. I ride around the arena. Ride number two. I'm like, okay, let's see if she can walk, trot, canter, and jump. I, I, I ride number two, and this horse is a, a six year old mare off the track. Two weeks. And then I'm like, Chad's like, I really like her. I really like her. And I was like, well, if you like her so much, get on her. Boom. He gets on her and like rides her around. No problem. And then I'm like, Lucas, come here. What mom, get your helmet. Get on this horse. I don't want to ride this horse. This isn't Duke. <laughs> get on the horse. This is Oki. He gets on. I love her. She's the best. <laughs> so, so you have now- adopted a new horse. Yes. <laughs> As of today, we have another off the track thoroughbred. Yay! Yeah, but did, Chad can't healthy. complain about this one because it was his idea. It was his idea. He doesn't complain. I, you know, to be fair, I, I'm the one who's like exhausted when I come in from riding all these damn horses. But um, little bit Oki now is a little bit part of Flyover Farm. The As fact of that today. you own a mare is amazing. That that's the amazing part. <laughs> Ten years of talking about how you'll never own a mare. So we had the vet out yesterday, took a look at her and because uh, because to be fair, I was like this mare, I'm pretty sure I, I was like, I just I don't want a full pre-purchase. I just want you to take blood. And she's like, why? Like to make sure she has it and she's not a robot. This is the <laughs> she's like gets off trailer like I, on Monday. I described it. She's just kind of like, whatever. OK, sure. And then we're do we get the vet out. And this is a mare who's like, come off the track and you just expect them to be high strung. The vet is like, we're standing there talking and the vet's holding her and she falls asleep. I was like, is she narcoleptic? What is going on? Why is she so calm? And she's like, maybe she's just one of those. She's just kind of been there, done that and seen it all and just doesn't care. I was like, listen to her heart. She goes, yep, she's got a heart. <laughs> There's me. <laughs> like, perfect. Okay, so we're good. How big is she? <laughs> She's probably about 16 hands, 16 yeah. one. Big boned. Big boned. Yeah. Muscled like a dang quarter horse. I mean, she is big. Future and of course, prospect, you're hoping? I ho- I mean, I, I, I more think she's going to be just like a really nice family horse. She's just so chill. But what I did get, um, she said she's a little bit unbalanced behind. It seems like, you know, she's been running in on straight ground for and perfectly flat footing (laughs) for her whole life. And I was like, yeah, of course. And so she's actually instructed me to trail ride her and take her up and down the hills and kind of get her out and moving around other than a straightaway. So green light to just go hack for six months and see what we got. So I'm super excited. Uh, She's congratulations. And another horse and hound horse has been adopted, which by the way, out of the, Nine I've trained, that is seven that have been adopted. Wow. Even the Bucker Ridge got adopted. I've only every Bucker could be gray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty. <laughs> People don't care. I know I fixed it. Yeah, that's great. But it used to buck. That's okay. It's gray. It's gray. It's funny <laughs> it's gray. how people pick it. horses. How I many know. times have we talked about that over the years? Speaking of over the years, we have oh, to gosh. we have we have to celebrate something today. 
at the Horse Radio Network. I discovered over the weekend when I was looking at some numbers, and I didn't even, I wasn't paying attention to this. We've been advertising that for about two years that we have over 8,500 episodes on the Horse Radio Network, and I just never thought about it. But then I discovered that we're over 10,000 episodes. We ju- uh, we hit the 10,000 mark probably about two months ago, and I just never noticed. I think we're at about uh, 10,200 now. But for a small independent network talking about one niche, tiny niche at that, uh, that's pretty good to have done 10,000 episodes. And what the heck are we talking about every day? Good <laughs> God. So 10,000 episodes for Horse Radio Network. We've had about 13,000 guests. I don't know exactly. It's going to be around that. Um, I lost track of how many downloads the network had about t- 10 years ago. Um, so I know, you know, we track some shows, the client shows better than our shows. And I know this shows had millions and I we just, used to get monthly, uh, updates. Oh, that was about 10 downloads. years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chad's like, I would really love to see that. I'm like, me too. Yeah, He's not me too. I just anymore. am not going back to do that. So I predict that we've had between 10 and 20 million downloads somewhere in that range. That's a big window. Yeah. 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 You know, so covering <laughs> my bases with that one. You're like, um, I really don't know. So I'm just going to between <laughs> one and 100 million downloads. I kind of look at what each show does you know, on a quarterly basis, but I, 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 those spreadsheets are long outdated uh, because we're doing thir- 10,000 episodes. I don't have time. Um, and, you know, for a long time, it was Jennifer and I. We didn't have Jemmy or anybody helping. It was just Jennifer and I doing all the recordings and all the editing. We didn't even have editors. It was just us. Um, we, so if I figured out we averaged we, about 44 minutes per episode on the network, not just our show, but all the shows, that equals 440,000 minutes of programming, which is 7,333 hours. Almost a year, solid year of programming we've done. Uh, we've had over 60 sponsors. I have bought 61 mics, five mixers, and 10 computers, including okay, I was a, one yesterday. I was, a, I was about to say, <laughs> you should be a millionaire. And then you're like, I bought 61 mics, five mixers, and 10 computers. So yesterday, I was telling Jamie before the show, but uh, we were not recording because I couldn't get the damn thing to work. Uh, so 3 o'clock in the afternoon, my third backup computer, because two died in the last two weeks, died and i had recordings to do last night and i couldn't get any i just could i I ran out of computers and i have a lot of for upping your pledges auditors yeah so (laughs) i had to drive to best buy which where we live is not it's an hour and a half round trip i got to tell you the story i go into best buy and of course the best buy guy comes salesman guy which as soon as you walk into computer department they're they're like leeches on you and i walked over to the desktops i knew pretty much what i wanted and i said he said oh let me explain to you about all the desktops i said you're you're going to explain to me the difference. And I was I was in a hurry. So I said, you're going to explain to me the difference between this one and this one. And he looked at me and you could tell I was pretty serious. And he did. He explained the difference in about two minutes. I said, I'll take that one. I'll take the one year warranty and let's check out. And he looked at me and I went, this is probably the easiest sale he's had in 10 years. Yeah, right. and, and within within about eight minutes, I was out the door with the computer, came home, set it up, got it working for last night. And then, of course, this morning, everything changed. I don't know why. And we were having all kinds of problems before the show. You and I have spent around. This is why this is why <laughs> earlier in the show, you and I have spent 1500 days on the air together. And oh that's around 2000 hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, 
I think we should break up. <laughs> it's the longest relationship that you've had. So. <laughs> Maybe Chad's a little longer. Uh, I mean, I went from a serial dater to like married and a long term job. I mean, I never kept a job more than two years, and, and they I never happened kept about a the same time. More than a year, and they happened at the same time. What happened to me? I don't know. You're oh. like settled. I think we can officially call you settled now. I just got a new horse. That's what happens is I keep having to get new horses. They come and go. <laughs> so when you hear Jamie and I, like earlier in the show, when I said sometimes you just have to tell her the way it is, uh, I think I have a right. I've spent 1,500 days with you. That's you have a- no right. <laughs> that means I get to tell you what to do. <laughs> so we still get along perfectly. Uh, uh, yeah, every day, every day. So, yeah, that's a lot of programming. And I want to thank all the hosts of all the different shows, all the guests we've had over the years on all the different shows, all the sponsors, and just the listeners. I want to thank you guys. You're the ones that make it possible for us to still be here doing this after 10,000 episodes. It, it was it's such big news that it made it to the top podcasting newsletter uh, today. Uh, what? Uh, our 10,000 episode, Mark. It's wow. just kind of unheard of. So uh, congratulations to everybody, and, and thank you, Jamie, for putting up with me for 2,000 hours. <laughs> It's all, it's wrapping up. (laughs) I mean, those are kind of ridiculous numbers when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they sure are. Well, it's, it's been a hell of a ride. Thanks for giving me an actual radio job that lasted more than, you know, a year year? and a half. (laughs) (laughs) A year. Uh, The boyfriends lasted a year. The radio gigs lasted two years because that's a typical contract. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did want to say that we have a brand new version of a show, the eventing radio show with uh, Rick and John. The first episode is out now. You'll find it on the eventing radio show feed. We've been getting good response to it. Uh, They've taken over this year hosting that show. And if you're into eventing at all, take a listen to it. Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Right. Not yet. I've been a little busy yeah. castrating. <laughs> castrating things. and getting new horses. But yeah, take a <laughs> listen to that, everybody. I think you're going to enjoy it. And, and Kayla Mueller has a new show coming out. Well, right? on ours. She has a, she's going to be the next week. She's going to be the fourth Thursday of every month. Kayla, one of our terrific auditors and good friends, is starting a breeding and sales episode here on Horses in the Morning. We recorded most of it the other day. She has an Australian guy co-host with a wonderful accent. So I think that episode's going to be very popular, and and, uh, they're both really sharp, and it's going to be all about buying and selling horses and pre-purchase exams, and it's something that we all go through, right, at one point or another. Some of us, (coughs) Jamie, more than others... so that's what, and it's going also going to be about breeding, talking to breeders. And about, Kayla is the same size as me. We see I eye to she eye. She might even be tinier. <laughs> she's she's pretty <laughs> she tiny, and she rides big horses too. But yeah, so that's going to be starting next Thursday. So you know, we may have been around a long time, but we we keep trying to freshen things up and do new things and and bring you new content as well. Also, want to thank the auditors. About four hundred of them. We've been adding a bunch of new auditors, and we really appreciate that. A bunch of auditors have been increasing their pledges. So thank you for that too. So congratulations, everybody! I'm uh, I'm I'm very excited. We're still here, to be honest. Amen, brother. Well, State Line Tack is our sponsor for the day, and I was just on their website looking around. And if you are riding Western, the one thing that State Line Tack is has Western products. Durango boots are very popular. I saw their huge, enormous stand when we were out at Wisa. Well, they have them up to twenty five percent off right now at State Line Tack. 
If there's one thing that there is more selection of than saddle pads in the English world, it's cowboy boots in the Western world. God, isn't that the truth? <laughs> oh, my God. How do people decide? And then most of the times your jeans cover them anyway, so all you're seeing is the top of the boot. It's the toe, so it's- yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I once got it. You've seen the cowboys with their, with their jeans tucked into their boot, and then you see the cowboys with their jeans on the outside of the boot. And Tammy once explained to me which cowboys were which and why they did what they did, but I've totally forgotten. Oh we, my gosh, I want to know. Yeah, we're going to have to have somebody on to talk cowboy boot etiquette because I, I'm sure that it uh, cow guys have their boots tucked, their jeans tucked into their boots because they're walking around. Well, it with makes cattle. it doesn't it make more sense? Your pants don't get all dirty that way, right? Yeah. In the mud and stuff. So I don't know. We'll have to have somebody on. I remember. Remember, we had a guy on a long time ago that explained cowboy hat etiquette, and it basically came down have- to shape and stuff is where you lived. Like in Oklahoma, apparently the cowboy hats are a different shape. Oh, Lord. You know what? Get Stateline Tack on to answer all these questions. <laughs> we need to find out. But if you're looking for some boots and you like Durango, you're going to find them up to 25% off right now. They also have an outlet sales event. Their outlet is their kind of closeout products. I just saw they have the Ovation Prodigy helmets in there for $33. What? Forty percent off. They have uh bell boots, the the classic equine bell boots that everybody likes so much for twenty-three dollars down from uh thirty-five. They have fly masks, they have all different kinds of blankets in there, marked down fifty percent. So uh, you know, head on over there right now. They have all kinds of breaches too, including carrots marked down to thirty dollars. Carrots tights wow. at thirty dollars? That's that's unheard of. You never find that. And probably they have them in your size, because you're tiny. You probably can get uh you probably can get the carrots breeches for thirty dollars right now. Where's what section is that in? I'm on state line right okay. now. Go into the outlet sales event in the upper right corner. You'll see it uh don't miss President's Day deals up to seventy five percent off. Oh, got it. Go into the outlet and then you're gonna see all of those deals and, and they have some of the nice carrots tights Ooh, look that, at that uh outbat jacket. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And blankets, all different kinds, Rambo blankets, uh, they have Amigo blankets, they have Amigo stock turnout sheets for $74, marked down from 120 So, I mean, it's just all kinds of sales in there right now. There's 10 pages of sales. I noticed one of our auditors said that she went shopping the other day, and it was, like, free. And then she posted a picture of her, her checkout, and it was, like, $230. <laughs> I mean, but with the savings, Glenn, yes. the savings makes it like it's free. Like it's free. It's probably $2,000 worth of stuff. So then it is like it's free right there. So statelinetech.com, go check out the savings today. Well, oh, you can really spend a lot of money on helmets. Yeah. You might as well go get them in this clearance. Yes. So uh, we, we did a recording with Dr. Siemens a while back, and I wanted to replay it. I think you and Lisa were on this show. I wanted to replay it because there's been so many auditors with emergencies. I've seen so many bloody pictures of horses here recently, including one of ours, Nigel. Uh, with Jennifer, say don't throw otters on the bus. It's, it's your backyard that <laughs> yeah. you needed. You were like, "What can we do? Let me find this." Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Siemens did a sec- uh, segment, and we love Dr. Siemens on the five most common emergencies with horses. So, we're going to replay that for you today. We're coming back with an auditor spotlight with Maggie, who just got herself a Kilpen standard bread. We're going to learn about that, and also we have a list uh, that Jamie's going to do. It's a uh, my husband told me it was buy one, get one free. It's no, 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 no. I told my husband it was buy one, get one free, uh, and seven it. other horsey confessions, and you guys are going <laughs> to okay. love it. That's appropriate for today and with the commercial it, we just that's did. That's why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's Dr. Siemens. Let's start 
talking to uh we've got one of my favorite vets on dr madison siemens is going to come on in just a second and talk to us about the five most common equine emergencies well hi dr siemens how are you it's jamie and i'm here with lisa how are you Good morning, Jamie. So glad to hear from you guys. And uh, sorry, I can't harass Glenn, but I guess he's taking a well-deserved vacation. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, you guys gosh. Should be, you guys should be tickled that he's letting you do this unsupervised. So I guess we just have to go from there. He now, should be very I want, afraid. <laughs> I want to point out, Dr. Siemens, we supervise him, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> uh, so we were going to talk about the five most common equine emergencies, but the note here is it says that you think that the more accurate title to this piece should be when to freak out and when to just go to bed and hope. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, the, the, the real answer to that is, and I, I think most of the veterinarians would agree is that, is that when you think it's an emergency, then then we should as well. And sometimes we can triage these things over the phone. Uh, and now with the cell phones, I mean, it's pretty easy to get a, to get a photograph of some of these things. A lot of us are are pretty busy, and so it's kind of important. I mean, all of our clients, all of our patients are important, but some of them are obviously more pressing. But I just right. I just thought it might it might be interesting to have just sort of a just a general guideline here to just let people know because it's. It's pretty interesting, you know. I'll get a call on some of these things, and you, you know, you dang, why didn't you call me a week ago? You know, yeah, <laughs> we, we could have done something. So, like a lot of things, any anytime we have early intervention, uh, and sometimes there's, you know, we take a wait and see attitude. So, a lot of no. times, early intervention will 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 reap some benefits. Now, Doctor Siemens, this has happened with my vet for sure. Um, probably, I probably bother her a little too much but i will send a text and a picture or a video and say what is this is this okay do you need to come out and see this uh, whatever it is do you also is that becoming more common in veterinary practice well yeah it is and and it's it's kind of a double-edged sword so i i say that as a suggestion only in given circumstances some some practices are so busy that uh that uh, we're just not able to to get to you like that as quickly as we could. But I, I think that if uh, if a horse owner has a working relationship with a veterinarian, especially if it's a one-on-one, some of the larger practices, that can be a real challenge. But right. if you have a working relationship with your veterinarian, and once once you have uh, an, an established relationship so that he or she kind of knows that you know what you're about, uh, those types of things can be better addressed either with a quick phone call or, or a, a text message, something like that. Right, of course. Now, do you guys have cell service in Idaho? Is that like a- <laughs> uh, no, uh, we do have telephones. you gotta, you, you got to crank them, though, okay? Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> All right, so the starting, let's go with the five most common equine emergencies. What's number one? Well, the most common equine emergency that we see in veterinary practice is colic. And so if, if the horse is not eating, well, then we need to look at these horses right away because it's not generally a, 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 a factor of the horse doesn't like the brand of alfalfa you're feeding him or anything like that. I mean, the horse the horse is going to quit eating, and that's the first sign that you've got a, a – it's called a it's it's called a, a, a gastric emergency or uh, something along those lines. And you got to remember that colic is a symptom. It's not a disease. 
Right. And it can be something as, as simple as just a mild in, fa- in passion. You know, things are just, just not moving through that 100-foot-long tube that we know of as the GI tract. Or it could be something as critical as an actual twist or a torsion of the bowel, which is going to require, you know, emergency surgery or, or something along those lines in order to try to get that corrected. So that's the, that's the first thing. The horse doesn't have to paw out C-O-L-I-C in Morse code or, or <laughs> look at it, you know. <laughs> there's there's no there's no one thing that's going to tell you other than he's just not eating with his normal vigor and interest. So if he's if he's normally a chow hound and and he he walks away, or you've got him in a group situation where uh, you know you're feeding three or four or five horses and and uh, and then old Buck is off there by himself laying down, that's not a good sign. No. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, definitely. And I know when I walk outside. It's like they see a big old giant bucket coming at them, you know. Oh <laughs> you're, 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 you're the equine vending machine. That's what yes. you are. <laughs> so you're the lunch it, lady. <laughs> if one doesn't eat, that's definitely a warning sign. All right, what's another thing that can uh, be a uh, an equine emergency? Well, probably probably number two on my list is going to be bleeding. And so, uh, you know, if 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 he's bleeding, then we got a problem. Uh, Anytime, most of the time, this is because it's going to be because of a, of a cut or a laceration or blunt trauma, something like that. The uh, the thing that we must understand is that as soon as he starts bleeding, he's infected. Now, it might be a little minor infection. It might be nothing to worry about. But some of the most innocuous-looking wounds can have some of the most devastating consequences. I mean, if you get a very small wound over a joint or a tendon sheath, uh, that that can cause or often will cause an infection that could be a career ending type of a type of an injury. Life so ending, like I these, think too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it can be. I, I like to I like to get on to these things as quickly as I can. And again, some of these things are something that we're just not going to be too worried about, but I like to look at all of them. Uh, just because some of them we can suture up, we can, you know, close it with uh with stitches. And some of them we will just leave open, but all of them we want to look at because uh, it's amazing what will happen, you know, especially in the wintertime. You've got a bunch of hair covering the wound that looks fairly innocuous. And then once you shave the hair off that wound, you get into something that is a bit more serious than may have looked at uh, looked like at, at, at your first presentation. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, um, the next most common equine emergency, and this is something that should definitely be uh, a red flag is your horse won't get up typically he's not getting up because he's he's got a bellyache that's that's going to be the number one cause but there can be other other problems that will present the same way and so i've seen a few of them that that actually had fractures that uh it was just too painful painful for them to get up right and you gotta you gotta remember that horse the horse as a prey animal he didn't like to lay down I mean, he will lay down when he feels really, really safe and comfortable. But if there's anything that's even remotely suggestive of a threat, that horse is going to be standing so that he can institute that fight-or-flight syndrome that uh, that has kept him alive for these thousands of years. So Mm -hmm. if you walk up on your horse, even if he's your horse and he's really friendly to you, typically that horse will get up. And if he can't, then we got a problem. It's typically going to be colic, but it can be something else. So those are the Mm -hmm. types of things that we need to consider. Gotcha. Okay. So, so far we've got, um, when your horse won't eat, when your horse won't get up and, uh, let's see bleeding. Now I did read here that tell, this is really interesting because when your horse is bleeding, by the way, 
you think, oh my God, they're going to die. She's going to bleed out. You know, you've got like a towel full of blood. How much blood is in a horse? Well, it's really interesting. It's, you know, a little blood looks like a lot of blood coming out of your horse. You know I mean? Your neighbor's horse, <laughs> I don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> but but a, hor- a horse has about a gallon of blood for every hundred pounds of body weight. So your, your, your average backyard, you know, hay burner is going to have about 10 gallons of blood. So he, he can lose a gallon of blood and it's not going to be too much more than you give him a pint at the blood bank. But, oh you know, there's, there's a couple of things that you got to consider, you know, where, where is the source? And, uh, it's, it's really interesting. You think people call me up and say, "Old oh, Buck's bleeding. And, and some folks will say, you know, I mean, he is just, you know, it's just a trickle and you get there and it looks like they've been killing chickens for a week, you know, <laughs> and, and, and they and the other guy call you up and say, oh, you know, uh, you know, it's the horse is bleeding out. And you get there and there's like 12 drops of blood on the ground. So <laughs> I, I, I try not to triage those things over the phone. I just generally I just want to see them just to make sure. But it, <laughs> it's uh, the, one of the things that that I think we need to remember is, is that the, the best way to stop bleeding on these guys is is dry pressure. And so a lot of folks will actually put the water hose on. them. Well. What that does is that just washes the clot away, and so mm-hmm. you're you're not yeah. going to stop bleeding with a water hose. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And plus, even if it's just a little bit of blood, now you've got 300 gallons of water on this poor horse, and it looks like he's lost 300 gallons of blood. So <laughs> you you probably want to just just use dry pressure, you know, a paper towel, just your finger, uh, any one of a number of ways, just to put some dry pressure on that, and then just just leave a wrap on, mm-hmm. and until you know you can get some veterinary attention. All right, gotcha. <laughs> Looks like they've been killing chickens for a yeah. week. That's the best line I've heard all day. Um, <laughs> another one would be uh, non-weight bearing. You know, and, and as a vet tech, we would get to, oh my god, my horse is broken. Its leg, it's standing on the pasture. It can't come in. Its leg, it's broken. You get there, and it's an abscess. Is yeah. that <laughs> usually what it is? That is that is the common presentation, uh, and and it's. You know, I've been in practice for well, a little over 30 years, and I've seen, oh, I've probably seen 100 fractures, and I've seen probably 20,000 abscesses, maybe more. Right. And so our, our diagnostic plan here is just a number scheme. You know, if you, if what's what's it most likely going to be? And it's the old adage he told us in veterinary college was, you know, if you hear hoofbeats, don't look for zebras. You know, <laughs> look for horses. It's, <laughs> it's it's the most it's the most common thing because it's the most common thing. And so the uh, but again, you know, just from humane considerations, we would like to to, to afford some pain relief for these horses because an abscess is really painful. That's why yeah. they're basically we call that three legged lame. Because they just they, they're just non weight bearing, but it can be something even more serious than that. And and the other thing to consider is, especially if a horse has had repeated bouts of abscessation or a particularly protracted one, these things are usually pretty easy to resolve within just a few days. I mean, a week, ten days is pretty pretty long for something as simple as an abscess. But if we've got protracted ones or ones that have you know these types of abscess processes that have recurred over time. Uh, a lot of times that will indicate that we've got uh, we've got some underlying pathology in the foot. So I think taking taking a set of radiographs on these horses is probably a good thing to do, just to rule out some major hoof pathology. I've seen some coffin bone fractures and and uh, some things like that. That well, you know, just a, a poultice on this is not going to help us. We need to go ahead and just dive a little deeper as far as as far as treatment protocols. 
So if a horse has repeated abscesses, is there anything you can do on a prevention level? Well, you got to figure out what's wrong first, okay? You know, the, our understanding of disease processes is, I mean, it's kind of a silly analogy, but if you don't know what causes pregnancy, you can't institute birth control, right? <laughs> so, True. So we got, True. We've got to kind of understand. Yeah, you know what they call people that use the rhythm method of birth control, that they call them parents, okay? So it's a, <laughs> a, a statistical average. So, but, you know, you got to understand that, that once we understand exactly what's going on on the inside, then we can start talking about treatments and perhaps prevention. Uh, but it, it just it just goes to the diagnostic plan. It's, they taught us in vet school. It's pretty interesting if you think about it like this. It's, it's diagnostic is not a concept of, of what you don't know. It's what you don't look for. And most of these things are real obvious. I mean, it's just amazing how simple some of this stuff is. But you got to look for it, and you got to know where to look. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these non-weight-bearing horses, the first thing that a horse owner will think about is it's in his shoulder. But it is almost never in the shoulder in an adult horse. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. that, their shoulder lamenesses are so rare. I, and I, I have to look very long and hard at a horse's foot before I start thinking about moving higher up the wind. And so we're mm-hmm. starting to foot first because that's where it almost always is. And I have to go through some exhaustive measures to convince myself it's not in the foot before we start moving higher up the wind. Wow. Right. right. Well, it's, it's funny, you know, you mentioned being, you have to kind of figure out why, you know, my horse, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Duke, he just all of a sudden came out three-legged lame on one of his back feet and um, had the, the vet out and she found an abscess and, and then I had the farrier out and she's like, well, there's just no more hoof because he wears shoes in the front, but not in the back. And she's like, put some shoes on the back and I'll stop getting bruises and then I'll stop getting abscesses. And boom, guess what? He's not getting any more abscesses on his hind legs. <laughs> Shocker. Don't so Don't I know. It. I mean, it is some of, some of those things are just, just that simple. And so generally we try to start simple first and then, you know, move higher up once we need to do something more complicated. Yeah, don't trail ride a barefoot horse on rocks. Hey, genius. There's some horses that can do that. You know, God bless them, too. That's really nice to have. But a lot of horses are going to have a little steel on that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, let's see. The last one we have, the horse's eyeballs. This one, I tell people all the time, I'm like, call. Well, what do you think? Call. Well, but how about if I just call, call, <laughs> this is the yep. one thing definitely call. And this is the horse's eyes. Yep. Yep. Well, we got, you got basically got two kinds of eye problems. You got a goopy eye held open. You got goopy eye held closed or partially closed. And so a horse is going to demonstrate eye pain by holding his eye closed or partially closed. It'll be kind of squinting. And those are the kind of patients that we need to see right away. Okay. Goopy eye held open. Uh, that can just be dust, flies, any one of a number of things, conjunctivitis. Horses don't get pink eye per se like cattle do, but they can get some conjunctivitis, which is the technical term for pink eye. And, uh, and it's, it's, it can be a bac- bacterial organ and they will respond to antibiotics. But, uh, I don't get too terribly worried about a, a goopy eye with the eye held open, but the closed eye or partially closed, that can mean uh, a corneal ulcer, and that's the most common cause of eye pain in horses. But it can also be uh, be an indication of uh, something called recurrent uveitis, anterior uveitis, or uh, wound blindness. Mm-hmm. So those are the kinds of things we'd like to do pretty quickly. It's relatively easy to determine 
whether or not they've got a scratch on their cornea. We use a little uh, fluorescein dye stain, a little green stain. Mm-hmm. That'll, uh, that'll show up if they've got if they've got a scratch. So I like to get on these things as quickly as I can because we 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 just again just from empathy. You know, if you've ever had something stuck in your eye, it, it hurts bad. Yeah, and that's that's why the horse is holding his eye closed. So we'd like to we'd like to be able to get these horses uh, treated as soon as we can because we can see some of these things get so badly that they actually lose uh, lose sight in the eye, and that's that's never good. Uh, but again, some of these, some of these things are pretty forgiving. I, uh, I saw a horse last winter that, uh, came in for an eye that was all the way closed. I mean, you couldn't open this eye at all. So we actually had to do a general anesthesia on this horse, uh, to just go ahead and even do an, do an exam on it. Wow. And I pulled a, a piece of a tree branch out of the, out of his eye socket. Oh, that man. was uh, almost four inches long that was buried <gasps> down in his eye socket. Oh, you, couldn't even, oh. you couldn't even see it. Oh, and so oh. it was amazing. It, it did, it did really do some serious damage to his cornea, but it didn't rupture the eyeball. So, uh, we treated that horse for a few days and, uh, he got to where he was holding his eye all the way open, uh, got to where he was feeling pretty good. And, uh, I, that was oh, six months ago. I saw this horse about two weeks ago. And he's got a he's got a pretty bad cloudy spot on the lower part of his cornea, but uh, he's fully visual. Wow! And so even even some of the some of the worst train wrecks you'll see if you'll just give them a little treatment and some time, uh, it's just amazing how uh, how well some of these guys can turn around. So now, did you yeah. find that on radiograph or just by probing oh, no, around I, I, in there? I've found it with my fingers. Wow! <laughs> God! Oh! oh. <laughs> no, it's really amazing. You know, you can spend yeah. you know thousands, even millions of dollars on all these instruments. The, the guy that the guy that taught me surgery uh, when I was a grad student of 112 years ago, we were, <laughs> we were doing something. We were doing something, and he just, he just stuck his hand inside the surgical site because you know we could spend thousands of dollars on surgical instruments, but sometimes there's just nothing can compare to the human hand. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I just stuck my finger in there and pulled its stomp out. It was amazing. I mean, it, oh. you know, it was one of those things. It was like it was like the clowns coming out of the clown car. You know, I mean, this thing just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Bang! Yeah. When is this going to stop? You know, I mean, oh. I looked at the other eye to see if it was over there too. You know, <laughs> straight across. <laughs> it was. It was wild, but you know, it just miraculously. I mean, it. And I guess the take-home message in all of these things is. There's there's no reason to panic. That uh, that you know you just do what you can, and uh, you know one of the guys, one of my favorite professors in veterinary college was also one of the ones that was the the hardest on me. His name was Joe Joyce there at Texas A&M 100 years ago, and he was really hard on me and picked on me continuously. And he said, "Seamus, don't worry about it. No matter what you do, you can't kill all of them." You know, <laughs> so, you know he had, had the gift of encouragement. It was a spiritual thing. <laughs> wow, warm and fuzzy. So, They they are big, strong animals, and they can survive some of the most amazing things. And so, I mean, I I always want to look at them and just where there's life, there's hope. And you just give them a shot, and it's amazing what they can pull through. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. And that's that's why I love you, because you're talking about these emergencies, and we're making jokes, but the root of all of it is the horse that for you, the foundation is the horse's comfort and the horse's health. And I love that about you, Dr. Siemens. Thank you so much for coming on. I it's when I saw your name on the list this morning, I was super excited because we just love having you on. You're so nice. Can I plug my book? 
Absolutely. Plug yeah. your book, plug your business, plug everything. You got time. Go. Yeah, the, 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 the book is Never Trust the Sneaky Pony and Other Things They Did Not Teach Me in Vet School. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It, 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 took, it took me about 20 years to write it, and it's, and it's just a lot of practice an- anecdotes. Uh, it's kind of like some of the James Harriet books, All Creatures Great and Small. But uh, mm-hmm. me and James went to veterinary college, but he went to that different veterinary college. All of his patients live and all of his clients love him, okay? <laughs> I, I went to this other vet school. <laughs> it's, it's available through my website, which is cornerstoneequine.com. And uh, there's just one E between Cornerstone and Equine. And then uh, click, click on the shopping part of the taskbar and you'll get to my book. Perfect. Awesome. Cornerstoneequine.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Siemens. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Hey, we'll do it again next month. Thank you so much. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Well. And now our own Dr. Wendy Ying speaks with Roger from Greenflower Botanicals in a series we call CBD Oil 101. Well, in our continuing series on CBD oil, we're going to find out how we can use CBD oil for us and our animals. Roger, how do we determine our uh, dosage for using CBD oil in, in people and in animals? Probably the most frequently asked question that we get. You know, the thing to keep in mind with CBD is more is not always better. So what you want to do is you always want to start low and you just kind of want to go slow. So as a rule of thumb, what we suggest just in general for general health, but really even starting to find that um, specific dosage for a specific condition is to start with a small baseline dosage somewhere, you know, around two to five milligrams. And you want to do that two or three times a day. And that's going to give you a total of like six to 10 milligrams of CBD and just maintain that for seven days and see if you're getting the results you want. And then if not, then, then, you know, bump that up a little bit, step it up about two or three milligrams, and then wait about three days at that dosage. And every three days, just keep bumping that dosage up by like three milligrams until you really begin to get the results um, that you want. Okay, great. Is that dosage for people or is for our dogs or horses? Well, actually, that that dosage, that guideline is for people. Uh, For dogs, we recommend doing um, one milligram of CVD for every 10 pounds of of your furry friend there. Uh, So if you have Mm -hmm. a 10-pound dog, you're going to use one milligram. If you have a 20-pound dog, you'll use two milligrams. And for equine purposes, we generally think it's best to start with a beginning dosage of about 40 milligrams, again, daily, and then for about seven days, and then if you're not seeing the results you want, now you begin to bump that dosage by about 20 milligrams. So you go from 40 milligram dosage to 60 milligram dosage daily, and then every three days, again, just keep bumping that up a little bit until you begin to see the results that you want. Now, the reason why all that's important is because, you know, CBD oil is quite expensive, and this way uh, you're getting that benefit and you're finding that minimum effective dose without actually taking more than, than is necessary. Okay, super. So how can we find out more about Greenflower Botanical products? Uh, that's easy. You can go to greenflowerbotanicals.com. And actually on the website, there's um, 
a specific section on dosing. So you can go right there and actually get a little bit more detail on what we're talking about. And uh, also, importantly enough, you can uh, if you purchase any of our products, you can use coupon code HRN for Horse Radio Network. Use coupon code HRN, and your listeners will save 20% off their entire order at Greenflower Botanical. If you show your horses, please check with your federation on the legal use of CBD oil. And don't forget that coupon code, HRN, to get 20% off the next time you place that order. Uh, and, uh, Jamie, we are going to go to our guest. We're gonna, we're, if we have time, we'll get to your list after the guest. Uh, if not, then we'll just save it for Friday. Okay, sounds good. It's, it's, it's savable. Yeah, it's well, not time That's the nice thing about lists is like leftovers they keep. And I'm getting a lot of people messaging me about mansplaining situations that they've had, and we're going to discuss that in the post-show. So in the auditor post-show. I'm sure I'll be thrilled to hear that today. <laughs> Why do I feel uh, like I'm going to get As long as you don't mansplain. <laughs> Let's call our, our guest. We have an auditor spotlight today. We're bringing Maggie on. And uh, Maggie has a lot of things going on, but she just got a new standard bread out of the kill pen, and I think that's what we want to talk to her about. So we're going to give her a call right now. Hello. Hi, Maggie. It's Glenn and Jamie, and you're on the air. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? Hello. Good. So before we get to your big, exciting news, and I was just looking at the pictures of your of your new edition, uh, I wanted to ask you, how long have you been listening to the shows? Oh, about a year, I guess. A couple years, maybe. You have a lot of catching up to do. We have 10,000 episodes now on Horse Radio Network. You gotta... I know. I've been working on it. I'm working on it. All these long drives back and forth across the country, I'm really getting caught up. Yeah, well, that'll do it. That'll do it. I hope we're entertaining and not putting you to sleep. Well, I did just get off work at 8 o'clock this morning. So, <laughs> so yes, she, we're she, putting her to sleep. Yeah, she'll be asleep before this interview is <laughs> done. So. Yeah, I'm hoping to stay awake for the post show. Okay, good. So what do you what do you do for a living? You said you just got off work. I, I'm a nurse. Oh, well, thank you for doing that. We appreciate that. God, that, How long have you I, been doing I, that? I, oh, Lord. Uh, 32 years. Oh my God! And you haven't pulled your I hair have out 1, yet. I have one thousand and seventy-eight days to go before I can retire, <laughs> <laughs> but not counting. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Why, when you say it that way, it sounds like a lot of days, though, doesn't it? Well, it's two years, eleven months, and twelve days. <laughs> I bless you for being a nurse for that long a period of time and still hanging in there because I know a lot oh of my, nurses. Can don't you make I it. please ask what is like the the standout weirdest thing you've ever seen? I love nurse stories. <laughs> An exorcism in the room. Well, I was a psych nurse for twenty-two years. She's seen a and? lot of things, Jamie. She's seen a lot of things. <laughs> a psych nurse. Yeah, the, the nurse. The supervisor was there, and she just stood and shook her head. She said, "Exorcisms rarely go well here." So somebody was trying to like perform an exorcism on somebody else? A patient's family members. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Was it like wow. in was it like yeah, in the movie where they was the gir- little girl bouncing off the walls and you know causing things to yep. go, go flying through the walls and that kind of thing? Yep. And Granny's sitting there in her uh 
power scooter holding the baby. Oh my god! <laughs> in the middle of the day room. <laughs> what state was this in? Please don't say Oklahoma. Ohio. Don't say Oklahoma. Okay, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Was That's Stephen, a pretty crazy. Was place Stephen too. King in the room at the time making notes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he should have been. He should have been. So um, let's let's talk. I want. I, I saw this post that you made in our HRN auditors Facebook page on the page, and uh, it is a picture of a deer. Like Glenn, I swear to. I swear to you, this looks like Black Beauty when they got it at the sale at the end. I know you paid attention when I, ra- oh, I read I, yeah, the rapt book, attention. Black Beauty on the air. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I read the whole thing and Glenn was really paying attention, especially the part. This horse looks like Black Beauty. It's close to the end of the book. When Remember this part, Glenn, when Farmer Thoroughgood and his grandson, Young Willie, buy back Black Beauty and to, quote, make him young again? Oh, I remember that. Oh, my oh, God. Yes, I, I know. That. And I saw the picture mm-hmm. and I thought of the movie, the book, and I started crying. And I was like, oh, you have to maybe name him Willie or something. What did you name this sweet angel that you rescued from a auction? Well, we're somewhere between Lincoln and Button. LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Um, I don't know yet. We're, well, it, uh, someone said he looks like um, Abraham Lincoln's horse, old Bob. And I'm like, well, my first husband's name was Bob, so that's not going to happen. You can't call him old um, Bob. Uh, and so I thought, well, Link would be a cool name. Yeah. Because his, his, his uh, registered name is Mountbatten. Yeah. I like it. Uh, uh, we already have a Monty, hmm. uh, Montana Steel. He's already here, so we can't have another Monty. And the rescue that uh, paid for his transportation or fuel, um, when she sent the PayPal to us, it said Mount Button <laughs> instead of Mount Batten. I'm like, well, I'm partial to B names. Maybe we should call him you know, Button. Oh, I love it. I, I saw s- Button or Buttons. Yeah. Somebody else said Batman. Button. Oh, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about. Uh, so you didn't. Okay. So there's this like underground world of these people that take horses from and they put them in these what they sell kill pins and they they have to you have to bail them out now or he's going to be shipped off to slaughter was this one of those situations or was this an actual auction yeah he was at a kill pen what uh, what is a kill pen okay um we, we all know about horse auctions some of them are big time sales where you know horses are going to bring millions of dollars other auctions are where you take your horse when you don't can't keep him anymore, whatever. Somebody else buys him, takes him home, and he's a wonderful, beloved pet. Not always. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the winter, a lot of the regular sales, I mean, the, by regular, I mean sales that happen once a month, once a week. Um those sales are where a lot of horses get dumped. And the, I don't, I don't really think the owners intend for them to go where they do. I think a lot of times they don't. I just think, or they think, well, my horse is way too nice to end up 
on a kill truck. My horse, someone's going to buy him because he's really nice. All right, I, I, I agree with you. I think that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, there I are a lot of really nice horses in kill pens. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what is a kill. Is that the horse that's already been through the auction that is has been yes. bought by the meat buyer? Yes. Um, there are a few um, livestock buyers in the U.S. that have contracts with um, the processing plants in other countries. And they're supposed to provide so many horses every however often um, to fulfill their contract. And so they go to the auctions that tend to be lower priced. Um, the weekly auctions where horses get dumped because they're lame and I can't afford to keep him until he's rehabbed or he's old and he doesn't do the job anymore, whatever. Can't afford to keep him, kid going to college, whatever. So he... You know, these guys troll these sales and they know what the price per pound of horse meat is bringing this week. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and if the horse doesn't bring that much, they buy them. Okay. So then they and end up in this kill pen, this, this like basically is a pen with a whole bunch of horses in it. And how mm -hmm. did you get one out of there? Well, a lot of them have found a nice secondary market with rescues. Mm -hmm. um, horse people, well, animal lovers are suckers. Okay. So say I'm a kill buyer. I'm going to go to, um, say, the Sugar Creek sale in Ohio or the New Holland sale in Pennsylvania or wherever. And I'm sitting in the stands and this horse goes through he looks like he might be a little bit off. He's got road shoes on. He's somebody's buggy horse. Um, meat price is 50 cents a pound. He looks to be about 1,200 pounds. I pick up this horse for $350. I take him back to my pen. I let one of the local rescues come in, take pictures of him. I'm going to sell him to them for 800 Gotcha. Now so I that brings that up the question, I why doesn't the rescue buy him out of the auction? Right? Show up Somebody earlier. has to be, well, yeah, well, um, somebody has to be there with a trailer. And most of the rescues can't coordinate that kind of manpower. And and, and a lot that of, kind of instant <coughs> and that kind of instant money, right? And a lot of times, what's happening with these two having lived in New Holland, uh, with my office in the corner parking lot of that particular auction for fifteen years. Oh, um, yeah. So what happens is they go into the kill pen, and then the kill buyers go, "Okay, here rescues you have." 10 days, 15 days to find a home for this horse, or I'm shipping it out. And they'll give them a certain period of time to post it so that the rescue doesn't necessarily have to buy it until they have somebody that wants it. Um, and that's where those Facebook pages and all the underground stuff came in and, yeah. and how things pop in. Because uh, the rescues can, can buy all they can afford, you know, at right. cheap prices, but until they got someplace to put them. Right. They're full, most of them. Most I mean, of the we're, making, we're making an eight-hour one-way trip every couple of weeks um, 
to eastern Pennsylvania from southern Ohio. Well, let's learn more about the horse and, you, you know, got. We've let's... got room for, well, Mountain Batten or whatever it is that we're going to call him. <laughs> is a 19-year-old, 19-year-old unraced standard bred. Um, he appears black, but the standard breds recognize brown as a color, which means he looks black, but he's got like mealy muzzle and a little brown around his flanks. So he's not really black. He's not really bay. Genetically, I don't know what to I guess he's technically black bay. Dark bay, I think, yeah. I don't know. Could be, yeah, I don't know. He looks black. He looks like Black Beauty. He's dirty black. He looks like Black Beauty, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, he's a sweetheart. Unraced, standard bred. Um, so he went far enough to get into training and be freeze branded. What's he been doing for 19 um, but years? He never raced. <laughs> it's like, pulling a buggy. Yeah, pulling a buggy. Yeah. Pulling a buggy. Is yep, he, he has road shoes on. Is he sound? So, seems to be. Yeah. Are you going to drive him? Or um, is he just going to hang out? Uh, he's technically a foster. I would have technically. technically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jamie yeah. does so well at that. <laughs> you know how that goes, right? Uh-huh, yeah, I All just right. had one in for training that's never leaving, so I get it. Um, yeah, there's so, a reason I'm not fostering yeah, have, any greyhounds have, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have two other fosters here at the same time. So, Gotcha. Well, bless yeah. his heart. He's just as cute as can be, and thank you for educating oh, us. I you. wish there was some way we could in- interrupt this cycle. I have a, a, a friend here who has bought seven horses from these people and pays, you know, 2,500 bucks when they're probably buying them for 400. And it's just completely yeah. continuing the cycle of these criminals that are doing this and, and preying on the hearts of those of us who actually give a crap. Well, which, I mean, there yeah. is one and, way. And, and so it's... many people say, well, isn't it, isn't it illegal to, to slaughter a horse in the U S yes, it is. It is not illegal to transport them across Line. Yeah, and there's Canada been le- and there's been Mexico. a whole bunch of legislation that has been proposed to stop that, but it's never happened. I mean, the only way you can do it, you can yeah. stop the cycles if there's enough people in the stands bidding the prices up that they can't afford to buy them because it doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah. that requires people sitting in the stands with lots of money. You know, it just yeah, and with the economy the way it is, you know, it's still kind of up in the air and. And you are I taking a big chance, and, money, but... and, and you know what? I don't advise anybody that doesn't know what they're doing to go into an auction and buy a horse. Um, no, the, the, that, that is the nice thing about this way of getting a horse safe. You know, I bring the foster here and the crash test dummy, ne- I mean, the uh, trainer next door. <laughs> um, I resemble that. I was just going to say, have you ever called that, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, and they're they're usually broke i mean you know most of them have been buggy horses so they know left right and whoa they're just trying to figure out what you're doing up there a lot of them come from the amish i would imagine because there's a oh yeah oh yeah population up there and these horses have seen it all and you're right like when they're done with them they're done with them well my hard pony piper came from the auction 80 dollars in new holland was standing there gonna go to the kill pen and uh i had her till she was 45 and it was a she was so well trained she taught me to drive and we spent 10 years together driving around everywhere uh, yeah, so. my good uh, one-eyed mare, um, Fern, she came from Amish. She wasn't Kilpin horse. You know, I bought her outright. She was too slow. Seven miles an hour, as fast as she wants to go. <laughs> I'm old. I'm fine with slow. Um, but yeah, um, 
Samantha Reeves, you know, we're friends. She's, she learned to drive with Fern because Fern taught her. You know, get up on the oh, on the seat and Fern will tell you how you're supposed to do it. You pull halfway into the intersection before you start your turn. That way you don't take out the stop sign with the wheel hub. Oh, we all learned that one. <laughs> I didn't yeah. because I thought driving was terrifying. Um, listen, Maggie, we are running out of time, but I am so proud of you for saving this little sweet baby, Willie. Um, his name is Willie because oh, like you. little boy, oh, little grandson. Okay. You're making me young again. Oh my god, I love it. Glenn, I should read that again just to catch you up on. Oh yeah, that would be missed. wonderful. Yes. Um, uh, for those who don't know, uh, I read Black Beauty in its entirety, one, one chapter at a time, one freaking chapter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn loved it, and it was amazing, and I loved every second of it. Anyway, uh, Maggie, give uh, Willie a big old kiss from me, and and thank you very much for saving him. I will. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Maggie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bye bye. Well, we run out of time. We're going to have to put your list on hold. <clears throat> yeah, the kill pen situation. Now, uh, it's out of control. Well, 20 years it ago, is- there wasn't the people that, you know, they were just shipping the horses off the same day. This whole, you know, letting rescues come in and making money, they just figured out they could make some additional money without having to pay the expense of shipping the horses. So that's only happened in the last 10 years, really, that it's really yeah. become prominent. Uh, so it is interrupting the cycle as you the way you put it for, you know, for some of those horses, but, uh, yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's better than nothing, but it yeah. still just seems like such a crime to like do this. I just wish we could get there a little bit earlier and I'll bid them. I mean, that's all it takes. Yeah. That's you what, know what it takes, but that takes money and time and, you know, just give uh, me that job. Somebody I, hire me. Again, do though, I, I don't recommend somebody doesn't know what they're doing to go to auction and buy a horse. Cause you're going to end up, you're, you know, the problem with doing that is then a lot of those horses end up back. One thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> One million dollars. Well, all right, wrap it up. We gotta go. All right. So thank you everybody for joining us. Tomorrow we have the fox hunting edition of Horses in the Morning. And then Friday, of course, we have some great prizes on the line. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for really bad ads. We have six hundred dollars in prizes this month on the line. So get those ads in right now. I noticed that there were a lot of voicemails coming in, so I think people are really yearning for these prizes. Thanks to horselovers.com for that. And thanks to Greenflower Botanicals and State Line Tech for their support today we really appreciate it for the auditors hang on apparently we're going to talk about mansplaining after the show mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully it doesn't involve me so spay neuter geld everybody do what i did do what i say and what i do you actually did it yay gotta go out lunch but now the worst part is i have to make him trot around but give him a day or two please no we're supposed to do it 24 hours out oh really it loosens things up <laughs> Sings, oh, I don't know. All right, we're out. Um, so, so that interview went exactly what I wanted it to go, where good. I wanted to go. Good. Perfect. Well, uh, and you know, it's something I knew a little bit about having lived on the corner for all yeah, those years. Yeah, no, it's an amazing Ugh. insight that you provide by sitting there in the parking uh, lot. Oh my god. Yeah, it was there were some good days and some not so good days there. Because I would walk up, you know, occasionally on Fridays. That's the day they had the auction. Mondays or Fridays. I can't remember now. Um, but they did all kinds of animals there. I mean, it wasn't just horses. 
they did hay in the parking lot right outside my window is where they'd brought in the big hay trucks. And again, if you went to buy hay at that auction, you better know what you're doing too. Because <laughs> there were some reputable ones and some not so reputable ones. Really? Yeah, well, you know, the good bales are on the outside of the pile. Gotcha. Which I'm sure still happens to this day. So let's talk mansplaining. Uh, the, the auditors typed in on this one. <laughs> yes. Oh, are we recording? We're doing it? Yes, uh, we're, we've been recording. We're still recording. Wow. I might, just so you guys know this, um, I'm going to be reading what was written, and there might be some strongly worded, uh, strongly strong words, I guess, uh, coming up. So uh, just know that this is not for children. So what but happened mans- to you? What the F? is going on. So I, I'm I'm supposed to be picking out all of these things for uh, our house. And one Take of the a things building a house takes a long freaking time. Oh my God. That's during the Dr. Seamus interview I had to run out and pick out stain. And like I fan out the colors and Chad had just gotten back from getting hay. I fan out the colors and he's like, I'm like this is exterior. And we both go, all right, I got mine. One, two, three, tap it. We touch the same one. Cool. All right. This is the interior. This is going to be all the floors. And I fan out all the, the little samples and we both go, okay, one, two, three. We push the same one. Done. <laughs> He's feeling like the Best Buy guy. What happened? This has been the easiest time I've ever had. <laughs> right? Exactly. <clears throat> we, we went to buy furniture and we knew we knew exactly what we wanted. Walked up to the section. We're like, this one. And the lady's like, what? Huh? She goes because they're used actually, to these people having hauling for three days. <laughs> actually, you know what she did? What? I felt really bad because we also knew exactly what couch we wanted because we had seen it at Costco and they didn't have it at Costco anymore. So we went and we're like, here it is. And we're like, well, okay, we'll take that bed up there that we looked at and then we'll take this couch. And she was like, oh, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, we'll take the bed and the couch. She goes, praise Jesus. <laughs> Praise Jesus! <laughs> in the middle of the store, Glenn. Why? I was like, bless her heart. They were. I, then I googled. I'm like, what's the deal with this store? They all work on solely commission. Bless her heart. She must not oh. have made a sale. I don't know in six months. And she was like, Praise <laughs> Jesus! You were the easiest ones that I've ever walked in the door. Take the couch, to the bed. Wrap it up. Let's go. <laughs> God. Okay. So anyway, this man. You know, it's a man because. Uh, so I, I'm looking back through. The text messages, and it's been going on for quite a while. And um, I don't need to read all of them, but I, I, as I as this when this very blunt one happened yesterday, I've gone back and read through, and I'm like, oh, kind of, he's been a dick this whole time. Okay, um, now, is like this just the flooring name, guy or pink this guy, is the carpet guy, carpet guy, who. He lives, he made the mistake of saying, oh, I live real close to y'all. And we're like, well, great. We don't want to go to Oklahoma City to look at the carpet samples there. Just bring some over. And so he's like, okay, now I've had him like come three times because he keeps bringing the wrong shit. Um, I don't want brown. But bring it brown. Um, anyway, so I I picked this particular. I know you called, picked white. I, I know. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Crazy walls are white, but I picked um, for the entire house. It's uh, slate gray, and uh, it's it's simply gray. And I want slate for the entire house, but peacock for the playroom. It's like a bluish gray, and it's not. It's like there's gray, like a darker gray for the regular carpet. It's boring, but it'll get better. And and then I want peacock. I thought you would have picked like a mud red to just match the mud. 
the mud. Yeah, no. <laughs> Downstairs is all hardwood. Okay. Upstairs okay. is the carpet. So this is like Lucas's room and his play his a, a playroom, which is like a guest bedroom. We're gonna make a playroom. Uh and so I said, okay, I want slate gray because they don't the like guests. <laughs> Exactly. Sorry, you can't stay here. <laughs> peacock for the playroom. Yeah, there's no guest room. Get out. Uh, peacock for the playroom. I said, and I, you know, it can be one or two. I don't care what tech, what fiber it is. And he wrote back, "You do realize that using two different colors in the same doorway will not look good." And and then he goes on and on about how the amounts are going to be different because you're adding a second color and I'm going to need to see if it's going to add more money because the difference between a roll cost and a cut cost is different and it is not going to look good. I think it was that you do realize <laughs> You know what? Whenever I somebody do. says that, they're saying you're an ass and you have no idea what, you're, what you're doing. You do realize that using two different colors would not look good in the doorway. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm the fucking thing. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. People put different colors in different rooms all the time. Oh, you just went away. Play with your mic. Your, <clears throat> your sound just my back. I just slammed my hand on a thing. Um, am I back? Sort of. Uh, you're real quiet. Play with it some more. Here, let me do <laughs> Play with it more, she said. <laughs> he said. Am I, I back? Cry. Yes. <laughs> Things you want here in the regular show. But saying something like, you do realize that it's not, uh, like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Just bring me the goddamn carpet. I pay, I'm paying you to bring me the carpet. I am not paying you to design my home. So I asked the auditors, I said, uh, how many, how, tell me about a time you were mansplained to. And I'll just run through these. Like Chantel said, every time I walk into the Home Depot, but the tractor supply guys know better. Yeah. And a lot of people actually agreed with her uh, in the Home Depot comment. What's going on in the Home Depot? Why are these people idiots? Hmm. Laura said, I pulled into the gas station in my F-350 diesel, which has an auxiliary tank in the toolbox. I'm in Oregon, so they pump the fuel for you. I had to the, hand the attendant my card. I say, fill up the main tank. And he looks at my truck and says in a super condescending voice, you mean fill the only tank you have? <laughs> no, dick. I've got two tanks. Fill the one I said to fill. I have to be a, you'll have another tank. I'll fill the only tank. Aren't you glad it. we don't have attendants filling our, I'd rather do it myself. Thank you very much. Oh God. I'd rather you do it. Sit in my car and I have to get out. It's cold here. <laughs> Um, Teresa says, I'm a female welder and fabricator Ooh. in a machine shop. It's pretty much every second of my life. I bet it is. <laughs> I bet it is. Oh my God. I can't imagine. If I, as she said, it goes on to say, if it were me, I would do the job like this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, buddy. You don't even know how to turn my machine on and you don't sign my paychecks. Bye. Please <laughs> God, tell me that's to gotta that be tough. <laughs> But I'm Jillian impressed. Says, I'm a pars puller for a manufacturer. Manufacturer, I know damn near every part in the shop, but they still explain every part to me like I'm a child. What do you guys do? I just I I, I saw something about like, oh, you can you back that trailer all by yourself? Well, if I concentrate real hard with my lady brain, maybe I can make it happen. 
I think that I'm going to say that next time. <laughs> I work really hard and concentrate with my lady brain. Maybe I can make it work. You know what's going to happen to the old boys you're dealing with? They're going to go, yeah, you're right. Your lady brain. Yeah. Your lady <laughs> brain is subpar. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Amy says she suspects she must be wearing a damsel in distress sign on her back every time she goes into Home Depot or AutoZone. AutoZone, I'd be like, I can't I imagine what you guys go through. I mean, us men get it from those people talk down to. So what you get must be just ridiculous. Now, Jennifer tries to turn it around, play really dumb. She tries to play really dumb so that she just gets them to do everything for her. She, she's, she's got a little bit of actual brain on her. I mean, that's <laughs> smart because I just get offended. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is amazing. Okay. Lily says, I had a mansplained sexist event that happened to me and my mom when I was six years old. My mom was single and recently divorced. We were at 41 Lumber and my mom had all kinds of projects going on, rewiring the horse trailer, building a new cider for the barn. She was asking for help in picking out which slider mechanisms would work best for our barn doors. The guy got annoyed and said, you know... You just keep coming in here. Why don't you get your man to come in here next time? You clearly don't know a damn thing. Whoa. She said, and this is a, remember, this is a recently divorced mother of a six-year-old. This is the six-year-old telling the story. My mom was shocked. We stood there for a second. And then she said, thanks for your time and fuck you. And dropped all of the items she was holding on the aisle floor, <laughs> grabbed my hand and stormed out. And in the car, she explained to me two things. The man's behavior was why it made her hurt and her hurt and angry. And two, why the F bomb is not an appropriate thing to say to somebody. <laughs> I think you probably had to have that conversation with yours a few times. Oh my God. Why? You know what? The, the, the I remember buying a truck. I wanted an, I wanted a Dodge 2500 quad cam turbo diesel 5.9. I knew exactly what I wanted. I was looking for it and I get to a car truck dealership and I'm like, hi, I would like Dodge Ram quad cam 2500 turbo diesel 5.9 liter. Oh, honey. What do you need a truck that big for? Let's go put you in a nice Tacoma. (laughs) I was with my dad. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, thank you for your time and fuck you. And I walked back out of the truck and I had to explain to my daddy why I just dropped the F-bomb in front of him. <laughs> what was the look on the face, by the way, when you did that? Oh, I, you know what? I don't think I saw his face. I saw my dad's face, which was like, <laughs> oh, you screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, honey. You'll never don't do you, that oh, again. Honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Why uh, would you try and talk somebody down by about twenty thousand uh, dollars? Because they didn't have any, and uh, she was like, well, "Let's sell her something. Yeah. We don't have that." Um, uh, Claire says, "When I was working as a vet tech, I performed a standard leak check on one of the anesthesia machines at a clinic where I just started working. It wouldn't seal, and the male tech who had been there said, "Oh, they never actually seal." And she said. Every other machine I've checked has, and if there's not, there's something wrong with it. I took that sucker apart, located the leaky valve so my boss could order a new one and work just fine afterwards. (laughs) I love Lindsay's. I feel like anesthetic, (laughs) anesthesia machines should probably work Not leak. (laughs) Yes, you're right. I was thinking that too. The whole room, everybody in the room passes out. Um, Lindsay said, I recently had someone work uh, at work mansplain a complicated spreadsheet to me and try and tell me how some of the formulas work. I was the only, I was the one who built the spreadsheet from scratch, complicated formulas and all. And oh I just God. spent a week with Lindsay on a ship 
Let me tell you what. There's one person at work I don't want. I don't want uh, mad at me, and that's Lindsay. Oh yeah, she's a tough cookie. I love this. Rachel says every time I back the boat into the water at the launch, guys see a girl behind the wheel and just assume she needs lessons in backing a trailer. Hey, hold your beer and watch, dude. I got this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, now, um, I think it happens. We're running out of time. But I think it happens a little bit the other way, but it's probably deserved. And that is when we're horsewoman-splained. Uh, well, you need the help. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes, but I think horsewomen like, assume that we all don't know anything. I'm not going to walk up to some guy that's wearing riding pants that has like, you know, the typical riding pant, like wear and tear and be like, Hey, want me to put the halter on your horse? Like half the time you guys may need help. I don't know. You know what? Screw it. I'm not going to help any of you. And you can just ask for help. How about that? Why don't we just all agree that if somebody asks for help, you help them. And if they don't ask for help, don't help him. That still happens to Jennifer all the time with Nigel because he still, you know, he t- he has a certain loading procedure that Nigel does into the oh trailer. Oh my God! Stop bringing out your way. You want me to help Ugh. you? I'm like, stop clucking back there. Stop. <laughs> or throwing things, or you know, uh, waving things, and ugh, yeah, well, it happens. Elvis it happens every time to her. Yeah. And Nigel has his procedure. It takes him ten minutes. He has to go through every step of it, and then he gets on the trailer. Yeah. But and oh my God. I had a the Elvis, the 1,400-pound, 1,500-pound draft horse came over for a lesson. And then I went in the house. I talked about this on Monday. And I came back out, and it had been like 20 minutes. And she's still fighting with it and got the whip and everything. And I was like, okay, let me help you. You know, at this point, he's a raving lunatic. And so I had to work quite a while. My shoulder still hurts. But I got him on the trailer. But I kept having to say, stop clucking stop <laughs> waving your arms let me handle it from the front if yeah, you can't get it handled from the front then you can't handle it from the back but everybody does that it's not just hard like everybody no, they, does yeah. that that's and you go on a trail ride with the you know there's a 20 trailers sitting there and your your horse is taking 10 minutes to load oh you're gonna have lots of help and nobody asks if they can help. They just come up and start helping for some reason the trailer etiquette is you just go help you don't ask Groot, I went to that one day horse trial and I'm loading him and he still, you know, come in and out a couple times in and out, in and out before he's comfortable going in. And we went in and out, in and out. And all of a sudden he like freaked out. These people had linked arms behind him and come up on his butt. Like he was loading into the starting stalls at the Kentucky Derby. Like, go, what are you That is a common way for people to do it. Yep. Oh my God! Do I never was comfortable with the feet being that close to my face. Why would you? <laughs> That's idiotic. Okay, from now on, let's just agree that if you ask for help, we'll help you, and if we ask for help, we'll help you, and no judgment passed, and everybody just peace on earth. Jesus Christ! All right. <laughs> well, hold on. After the show, I need your help. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't get to court. Oh, what kind of song did. are you going to put to end that one, mansplaining? Oh, every time I, I answer the phone, hello, this is Dr. York. This is Dr. Elizabeth York. The dude replies, hello, Miss York. Uh, I, oh, shoot. This is not the show. She, and then she says at the end, don't use my last name on the show. <laughs> oh, well. Sorry. It's on the auditors. You put this on the auditor page. It's not on the show. All right. So, cool. We're good. Um, <laughs> hello, Dr. Smith. Um, 
I don't know what song. What What do you think I should sing? I don't know. What are we going to do for mansplaining? What's a, What's a mansplaining song? Chad, what's a song that has to do with mansplaining? We're just sexist all together. Hold on. I know what song. Uh, I'm I, just a girl. What is that? I'm just a girl. I know. What is that? Uh, I need you to make is sure. Is that from happy. the hay? It is. Uh-oh. We got some weird-looking weeds in the hay. Ah, uh, see? You let Chad buy your hay. That's what happens. Happens every time I do. Well, I'm just a girl. <laughs> Have Chad sing us uh, out. Here, you sing, baby. No, that's good. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, and he brought me some weeds. <laughs> I was thinking, I dug my keys into oh, the there you side go. of his pretty little four-wheel drive. You sound exactly drive. like Carrie Underwood, Souped too. Up exactly. Carved my name into his leather seats. I took a fluid bill, sluggered up both hands. I got that from memory. You know, it's oh. Carrie Underwood. I'm going to let you go for as many words as you know, and I think you're running out, actually. All four <laughs> tires. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats. 